Und der Hello and welcome to the third edition of the official SEC podcast. Today, we are in collaboration with Radio Eric. We will be focusing on the UEFA Champions League today. Over the course of today's podcast, we will be talking about the quarterfinal games. We will be previewing the semifinal matches and our guests will be giving us predictions for the Champions League. You certainly have the timestamps uh, in, in Spotify to navigate you through the podcast. Rahul and I will be representing the SEC today, and we have guests from the Edict uh, in the form of Anand, who is the sports editor there, and Dhruvan, who is a sports writer at the Edict. Welcome, guys. Hey, guys. Thank you for having us here. Great. Guys, really great to be here tonight, today. So, let's get going. For starters, the UEFA Champions League is, if not the the most competitive it is certainly one of the most competitive football leagues in the world you have 32 teams competing from europe their qualification is based on their um, domestic performance in the uh, in the season preceding the uefa champions league so for example this season's qualification was based on previous seasons domestic performance of these teams in their respective domestic competitions we just concluded with the quarterfinal fixtures for uh, the 19-20 season and we indeed had four cracking fixtures. The first one was between PSG and Atlanta and I feel, you, I mean you've got a feel for Atlanta the way they lost two goals in stoppage time. Um, during the game, a lot, of, a lot of football pundits really mentioned the fact that Neymar and Mbappe really changed the game. That substitution um, that um, Thomas Tuchel, Watnan, um, Mbappe for Sarabia, even many football pundits mentioned that you know the the amount of work, the amount of work rate that Mbappe given in the first two minutes was probably greater than what Sarabia given prior to that. So, what are your views on that, Anand? Um, I would say it's true. I think Mbappe completely changed uh, the landscape of the game once he came on. Um, but I'd also say it was Atlanta a little bit, they had it coming because um, they were conceding chance after chance. And uh, if not for PSG's finishing and a few really good saves, I think they might have been behind even before they took the lead. But um, again, I think the important point to consider that kind of came out when the game unfolded was that coming into the game, PSG had the best defensive record among the teams uh, left in the quarterfinals because they had managed six clean sheets in their eight games. Uh, they played up to the quarterfinals. While Atalanta were mo- known mainly for scoring goals and even their uh, round of 16 tie with Valencia ended 8-4, which is quite huge, right? But the thing is, we ended up saying something completely opposite because 
PSG ended up attacking and attacking over and over again. While Atalanta, after scoring the one goal, decided to just sit back and they kind of took on a lot of pressure. But uh, after point, you could see the players were tiring. They were they were conceding fouls, and uh, I think Tuchel timed uh, the substitution of Mbappe to perfection because he knew the Atalanta players were on edge and uh, bringing on totally changed the game. And because Atalanta couldn't deal with that extra pace, and it also I think Mbappe's substitution opened up more space for Neymar to operate, and he was already doing a really good job even though Atalanta always had three or four players on him. But uh, Mbappe's introduction and his pace kind of opened up more space uh, for Neymar to operate, and he ended up playing a big role in both goals. So I think that was really done substitution, and my heart goes out to Atalanta. But Indian PSG showed they've got the quality, uh, especially after all the investments they've made in recent years. Yeah, I agree. Um, Rahul, we also got to see a change in format this year. You know, because of the no- novel coronavirus, mm-hmm. football was disrupted, and now quarterfinal onwards, we won't be seeing two legs. What do you think about the change in format, and how do you think it can affect the final outcome of the tournament? Um, so yeah, I mean, this is a really big change, and we saw how how the other domestic leagues were also affected because of the coronavirus. Um, um you know we had fixtures um piled up one after the other like all crammed into the month month of june uh, some of the leagues got cancelled too so yeah but for the champions league i think not having a second leg is is a really really makes a really big difference uh, because um when you have two legs uh, you somehow even even though you have to consider the first leg as a very important game you somehow have your eye on the second leg as well um considering uh, when you play home when you play away um doesn't matter but uh, but for the but if it's just a one off tie it just it just makes it more unpredictable i feel like i think it's um something that makes it um much more exciting much more pressurizing as well for for the teams um we saw we saw uh, the, the quarter finals and and how the one off ties played out even in the europa league um we saw how teams can 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 crack under the pressure um and yeah i think i think one off ties uh, see this was something that the that that uefa had to do Uh, to conclude the Champions League, but uh, but yeah, I think it makes the game very interesting. But uh, just maybe just sucks the essence out of the Champions League because it's the only competition uh, where we have two leg ties. And uh, I mean, not considering any other uh, domestic uh, cups, I think the Champions League has two leg ties. So yeah, I think uh, one of ties really make a big difference and will make a big difference in the upcoming games as well. Um, but but yeah, I think that. Uh, This is a, this is a huge change, uh, at least for the for for UEFA, uh, uh, something that they've done this season. Yeah. Um. So the second quarter final was played between RB Leipzig and Atletico Madrid, and um, the result was in favor of uh, RB Leipzig, who won the game two goals to one. You know, we got to witness a Nagelsmann masterclass, and it is also. um important to note that this is the first time we'll be having three german managers in the semi finals for the first time in the uefa champions league to add to that um i'm i'm not sure if many football fans know about this um so nagelsmann is actually younger than both ronaldo and messi and this is also the first time after the 2004-5 campaign that both ronaldo and messi won't be featuring What did you get out of the game, Dhruvan? What do you think? Uh, do you think Nagelsmann performed a great job, and what what did Atletico lack in that game? I think the whole 
the whole game is in a, a, it's a big a big series of webs to be honest it's a lot of things that came together that night and going into the game atletico were the favorites they had the european experience and leipzig without their talisman timo werner recently left to chelsea so i think nagelsmann did a tactical masterclass there and simeone yes you have to uh, think about his side as well him losing out two important players that is angel correa and uh, rosalco to uh, the uh, to being tested positive for covid-19 and angel correa especially who has been an important important part uh, in his recent uh, games as well who who used to give him that energy down the right flank and since he 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 went for someone like um, Hector Herrera to play in the center midfield that sort of took out that attacking edge that Atletico had while going up like while breaking against the teams and Nagelsmann did a great job with his uh, formation while attacking who who's the front four lined up in a 3-1 format where Danny Olmo played in the middle and Nkunku and uh, Sabitzer played gave some pacey attack on the wings and due to this they actually did this a lot and both the goals came from this very um, move that they pulled off where they pulled out the the, the full backs of the atletico out of position and this gave them the space to move inside and then to put more pressure on the center backs and yes of course the second goal the winner scored by adams was sort of a deflected goal but they had it coming because leipzig were dominating possession and they were going out after attack after attack and Simeone for once i feel he should have started jao felix because we saw the impact that he made after coming on won a penalty and took it himself and scoring it as well so i think simeone should have stuck shouldn't have stuck with uh, his attacking front two that is costa and the uh, marcos llorente who were easily outmuscled by opomacano who gave in a 10 on 10 performance for me and of course more credit goes to uh, the full backs of leipzig especially angelino who had a brilliant game against them and i feel nagelsmann will be going into the next round with great confidence and i think they'll put up a really good fight against psg yeah just to add you to know, that uh, sorry wait, sorry yeah just to add to that i just uh, want to also point out conrad uh, limer uh, for rb leipzig i think the role he played was absolutely sensational because uh, it was almost as if he was playing two positions at the same time uh, almost playing center mid and full back um, at the same time just sh- switching between those two positions and and also controlling the ball really well i think conrad limer was was very uh, crucial to the way leipzig played that day um, and and i wouldn't be surprised if we see him do that again uh, in the semi final against psg yeah. yeah so you know uh, nagusman took a take at chelsea after the game saying that he knew that they won't miss timo werner uh anna what do you think will timo werner have a big impact um on this chelsea team i know i'm going a little um off road but do you think that timo werner is going to play a big impact and is uh, rb leipzig going to miss timo werner come the semi final and if they make it the final as well i think when you have a player like timo werner who's been their top scorer the season been the top scorer in their history i think you obviously miss him in the games like the semi finals but um at the end of the day you have to you, you got to deal with what you have and um, 
I think the way Leipzig tackled Atletico were known so well for being really defensively organized and you know, their two backs of four generally even the biggest of teams struggle to break them down. But Leipzig kind of showed that, you know, with a little more incision in passing and proper ball movement, I think you, they can break them down. So, Werner will be missed, but um, I think they've got players to fill in his boots. Uh, it will be a struggle against PSG, you know. They're, I think they come in with a lot of confidence after the way they won against Atalanta. Um, but I think Leipzig have kind of learned that they'll have to deal uh, with things without him and uh, they'll find a way. And as for Chelsea, I think they're getting, uh, they're getting the full package with Werner because he can, he can be a poacher and he can also spread out on the wing and uh, give, him, give him that extra edge, uh, which they're obviously losing with uh, Villian leaving to Arsenal and which they've struggled uh, with from their full-backs who've not had great seasons. So, Chelsea have a winner with Werner and uh, I think Lampard has showed that he can, he can uh, nourish uh, young players and make them uh, you know, be world-class talents. He's already getting a young world-class talent here. So, um, I think Chelsea are in for, they've got a really good buy on their hands and uh, he, could, he could really revolutionize this uh, Chelsea side to make them uh, you know, a real threat uh, next season. Uh, moving on to the next quarterfinal, it was the headline quarterfinal between Bayern Munich and Barcelona, which ended eight goals to two in favor of Bayern Munich. Rahul, what did you make out of uh, Alfonso Davies' performance? You know, we know that Thomas Muller got the man of the match, but, you know, the player who was most talked about after the game was him. So young, tracking down Messi, doing all the attacking work, and the fifth goal, that was indeed wonderful. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna keep this short because I actually want Anand's opinion on this, considering that he is a Barcelona fan. But uh, yeah, just talking about Alfonso Davies, I think he was the he was well, probably if not the highlight of the show, he was one he was right up there. Um, obviously, you talked about the fifth goal. Um, he he took Semedo to the cleaners, completely did him uh, with his pace and with his skill. I think uh, I think Semedo overall also wasn't very good uh, on the night, but Alfonso Davies, what he did was 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 absolutely sensational. Um, and also tracking back and all, I think the pace that this guy has um, and the way he uses it. I know we, we talk so much about the fact that uh, Bayern might have the weakness uh, when, uh, when Alfonso Davies and, and uh, say Kimmich or Pavard, who I was playing, uh, when they're very high up the pitch, they can be exploited. Um, but, uh, but I think Alfonso Davies is a full package. You know, he's so young, such a good fullback already. Um, I think he's, he's one of those brighter, shining stars in this Bayern side. So, yeah, over to you, Anand. Um, I won't lie, that was, that was a really uh, difficult match for me to watch, um, you know, but I feel, I feel it's Barcelona have had it coming uh, for almost five years now, because since 2015 when they last won the Champions League, it's been a series of errors with respect to organization, with respect to transfers, and you know, hiring and firing managers, it's been, it's been real shambles, and it's there for everybody to see. Um, but on the pitch, I think uh, momentarily the genius of both of Messi, Neymar, and Suarez was getting the trophies. After after Neymar left, Messi and Suarez were still doing uh, the job pretty well. But and but I think this obsession that Barca's had with trying to restore uh, the style of the old, which is one, which got them their most glorious period when Guardiola was at the helm, I think that is really impacting the club now. Um, because they're trying to find managers who fit with that philosophy. They're trying to find, they're trying to keep the same players who are aging um, and don't really contribute that much anymore. And 
along with that it's been a really poor management of resources and money and it's been a lot of money spent on players who hadn't proved themselves or have been you know played out of position case in point is Griezmann and I think Barcelona have had it coming but coming back to Bayern I think uh, Hansi Flick has completely changed that side uh, from being you know I think it was a real possibility that they wouldn't win the title the season when he took over because uh, when Kovac left they were in a really precarious position but the way Flick's taken uh, this team and uh, he's used I think his resources to perfection especially because I think with respect to squad depth Bayern have one of the best squads in Europe uh, not only do they have a player for every position they have they have players who can play multiple positions so I think that is one of the biggest advantages but again uh, the scoreline is a is a big shock but I think a big loss is always on the cards and uh, you no, know, I, I also uh, figured out the stat that every single goal of Bayern was assisted by a different person um, which, which just shows how good they are going forward and uh, how poor Barcelona have been uh, at the back which I think almost all 11 players had an off day. Um, so it's a tough loss to take but uh, like I said I think it's been coming for almost four or five years now. Yeah. Uh, to add to that just another quickie about this game. So if Bayern Munich really end up winning the Champions League Barcelona will have to pay 5 million euros to um, um, Liverpool because the contract does not mention um, it, it is irrespective of the club that win the Champions League in which Coutinho plays. So the game that was played yesterday between Manchester City and Lyon it was also another shock result. You know, VAR haunting Pep Guardiola again. Ruan, what did you make out of the game? I have to say, I was more surprised by yesterday's result than the scoreline at which Bayern won. Mostly because Man City, Man City, it was supposed to be Man City's year, this year's Champions League. Having beaten Real Madrid convincingly over two legs, you have to say you can't top that to be, you know, the favourites to win Champions League. And I feel it's been the same things that have haunted City over the past few years that's done them again. That is... Pep Guardiola overthinking the match and then piling on the pressure on the team on the pitch and then eventually then having to let it go from having been taken away from the from the from the grasp of their fingers. So I feel the the first thing that was unusual for me was the team selection yesterday with Guardiola opting to, opting to play three central midfielders uh, with Rodri, Gundogan, and Fernandinho all starting ahead. Uh, the choice of Eric Garcia was uh, was fine because he had a brilliant game yesterday, although he was solid. But uh, the midfield was a really big surprise, considering how uh, Guardiola in the last uh, game against Madrid, he opted for two central midfielders and he went with Jesus and Sterling on the wings, which actually caused a lot of havoc, having, uh, if not for Courtois, having saved uh, much of the shots. But yes, that was a big, uh, big call from Guardiola, and I feel he should have just stuck with what what had worked for him in the past couple of games. And Leon, I feel yes, this this season I feel we we all were praising Atlanta for being the dark horses, but I think we are in for a surprise as we have another dark horse right now with Leon being the giant killers, having eliminated Juventus and Man City on the trot. Uh, so yeah, I think yes, it's it's sad with 
seeing a player like De Bruyne having to miss out on the greatest European prize, especially after scoring scoring a wonder goal yesterday. But I feel Leon did what they came to. That is, they frustrated City out. They sat back and they eventually ride the storm out. And Moussa Dembele, of course, must be mentioned. Uh, impacts up off the bench, scored two quick goals, and I feel yes, Leon Leon will be uh, will be a will be very confident going into the Bayern game because they have nothing to lose. Anything they just they just beat one of the favorites. So I feel they would they would be thinking they can do it once again. I just wanted to add to Juven's point um, that um, that yeah okay um, you know that Leon did did a very good job they they blocked the spaces uh, they were very tight to to all the players who could actually um, cause havoc so like we we saw most of the time that uh, whenever Jesus uh, went to get the ball uh, Marcel or Marcelo who, whoever was there was with him all the time uh, very aggressive on the ball and uh, otherwise also I think. Uh, more than obviously the VAR decision and this that I I don't I don't see uh, I don't I don't think that it hit um, Toko Akambi's uh, heel when it went to Dembele and he scored uh, I don't think uh, it hit him but uh, but yeah I think other than that also City we we didn't start very well we started very lethargically um, there was there was there was sloppy loss in possession this that so um, so I don't know I I um, not not the city performance that we that I would have wanted as a city fan obviously uh, with with the with the Raheem Sterling miss as well um, did not bode well um, and like like Dhruvan also mentioned Kevin De Bruyne a player of his class um, who who has been exceptional in the Premier League this season obviously I think unlucky to miss out on on the individual awards um, uh, that have been given out I still think that he was one player who who did not he was not at his best. I will say that he was not at his best yesterday. Um, but he scored, he equalized, and after that, he he was he was just controlling like he usually does. So I I do feel bad for him and and obviously the city team as well. Um, all we can do is obviously get back up after this kind of a loss and and maybe try to work things again, maybe change a few things here and there. So yeah, again, like Anand said, tough loss to take for us as well. But um, but kudos to Leon and and let's see if, if they can if they can pull something out of the bag against Bayern Munich. Uh, so yeah. And uh, if I'm if I may just add a quick thing. So I think uh, City's performance it kind of embodies what is different about the Champions League uh, knockouts this season. Because when you're playing when you're playing um, a 90 minute game and not a 180 minute one, I think every minute counts. You got to be on on it the whole time. And it's really two or three lapses of concentration that really cost City. Uh, the first goal, I think Garcia made a brilliant recovery. And then I think Edison was ball watching a little bit. And then the goal just went in. And same thing happened for the third goal. Because they realized Toko Ekambi was offside. And I think for that momentary second, City stopped. And they didn't see uh, Dembele ghosting behind to take the ball and run. And it's and then obviously the Sterling error. So I think when you, when you make errors like that, you really pay uh, in a 90-minute which you know you can kind of correct um, if you have a second leg, like we've seen so many times in the Champions League, namely last season when Liverpool were unlucky to lose 3-0, but they came back to win 4-0 and it seemed like they'd not made errors at all. Same went to Spurs against Ajax. So that a United game completely eliminates that, and uh, and you know that's I think the, one of the most different things about the knockouts this season. 
So as football fans, I feel that we really got a treat witnessing these four great quarterfinal games, and I'm pretty sure there's a lot more left with the semi-final and the final left. And hats off to UEFA for organizing this tournament during such difficult times. And I mean, the measures that must be going behind all these uh, matches, the, the amount of preparation. Um, hats off to UEFA. I'm, I'm, I'm sure all of us are looking forward to the semi-finals. Um, so moving on to the semi-final preview, the first fixture is going to be played between PSG and RB Leipzig. And you know, um, RB Leipzig are just coming from playing a team like Atletico Madrid that is very defensively oriented. And now they're going to play a team like PSG that is totally uh, offensively oriented. Dhruvan, do you think they have enough time to adapt to this? And do you think they have the quality to uh, surpass just such a challenge? Uh, I think the past one week has shown us how this season's Champions League, it's, it's a very good bet to not bet on the favourites to be honest. So, I think that uh, with Nagelsmann, he, he still has a lot more to give for Leipzig, especially since they are they have already reached this this further stage of the competition. And I think with a very tactical approach, PSG could find themselves in a very difficult spot because we all know how PSG have acted in the past and especially in this season. They mostly rely on their stars, stars and superstars to show up and then and then do what they have. The club has paid for them and to you know conjure up results like that. And another interesting thing I think that will be important is that PSG star goalkeeper Kelo Navas might actually miss the next semi-final round because he went off injured with a hamstring by pulling with pulling his hamstring. And I feel the that man who has who has kept consecutive clean sheets in the season's Champions League, that will be a really big miss. Having said that, if PSG can be much more clinical and can improve on their weaknesses, which, which surely opened up against the Atlanta in the Atlanta game, I feel PSG are the favourites to go through, even though Leipzig might put up a good fight for us. Yeah, so just uh, to add on to um, the one point, uh, again, uh, like like Vedan uh, mentioned that, um, you know, Leipzig uh, coming into this one, they've, they've got to change that tactical approach. Uh, they've got to think about this game from a different perspective, um, I think. But uh, but but the, somewhere, I just feel that, uh, I just feel that PSG, uh, given all that they have had before in the Champions League, um, with with uh, everything, you know, getting knocked out by Manchester United uh, on away goals, losing at home, and all that. I think uh, I think PSG can keep that thing aside coming into this game because it's a one-off tie and it's, it's at a neutral venue. Um, I think that would help PSG with with you know not not having that pressure, um, not having to think too much about uh, about what they should do. I think they shouldn't over experiment uh, with with the game. Uh, and uh, and I also feel that uh, like Ruben mentioned with Leon, I think with Leipzig also they have nothing to lose coming into this game. You know they they can play freely, they can play their way of football. Um, you know Nagelsmann can set up his team the way he wants um, because because uh, they don't have the pressure to win the Champions League. PSG have the pressure on them um, to 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 make this to make it through the tie. So so I just feel like uh, Leipzig might be a little more open uh, and that that could give PSG chances. 
but uh, but they have got to be clinical i think that is something that we didn't see too much in the first like at least in the first sorry in the quarter finals we didn't see too much of that in the first half we saw neymar missing his chances and this that so i think they they've got to be a little more clinical than they were uh, in the quarter finals just another quickie before we move on to the next semi final this is also going to be the first time in 24 years that we have no spanish and no english representation in the semi final of the uefa champions league and you know after the game against leon um kylian mbappe was quick to react he he tweeted saying um, farmers league you know because a lot of football fans all around the world do not expect uh, two french teams to play the semi final of the uefa champions league the second fixture of the semi final is going to be between bayern and leon Anand, I want to know your uh, views regarding this fixture. You know, we know that Bayern are clear favourites. So when it comes to the scoreline, are we talking multiples of five? What is it going to be? Um, I think uh, with Bayern, you you guarantee uh, with goals. Uh, I think that the record this season is thirty-nine goals in nine Champions League games, which is you know an average of about four. But at the same time, I think um, if this Uh, one thing to pick up from the Barcelona Bayern game, apart from Bayern being really commanding throughout, I think they were really caught out by balls over the top. A uh, couple of times I saw Longley and Piqué, uh, you know, send those balls over, and uh, the first one of them led to the Alaba own goal, one of them led to the Suarez goal, and one was almost put into the back of his own net by uh, Boateng before he cleared it. So that is one weakness which I'm sure Flick would have noticed. And if you if uh, you see the other games that Leon played i think that is also one of their strengths uh i think yesterday against city also they tried to put balls behind uh, laporte and uh, garcia and a couple of times it worked uh, against juventus uh, you know every time depay got behind it was looking a little shaky and one of them like the penalty as well uh, though that was a debatable call but again so it's it's one of bayern's big weaknesses against one of leon's biggest strengths which could make for this game uh, to get better and the fact is coming into this like i mentioned before leon didn't have many goals but against city they showed that they can take opportunities and score so if they could exploit that bayern weakness they could get behind they could score a couple of goals but then i think they always run the risk of their defense wearing thin uh, you know how much have they resisted uh, city and uh, juventus i think bayern poses a completely different challenge altogether and uh, they have the quality to beat down on that leon back door and or uh, you know grab a couple of goals and they can do it really efficiently because they can score three four goals in a span of 20 minutes which we saw against barcelona so bayern are favorites of course but i think leon will match them and um, but bayern do have the quality i believe to uh, you know uh, avoid any surprises uh, in the semi final Yeah, I, I think that's actually a very good uh, observation on Anand's part. Uh, the fact that uh, Bay- Bayern, if there is a weakness, um, it is long balls, uh, and and Leon uh, like to exploit those kinds of weaknesses because they can play the ball over. And we saw quality balls yesterday as well uh, in the City game where uh, where Laporte and like Garcia, like Anand said, they found it really hard at times uh, to to deal with that. So I think uh, I don't see again. Uh, it's just. Uh, i just think that even though it's bayern's weakness against leon's strength in that particular aspect uh, of tactics uh, i just feel like bayern will still have too much for leon because uh, because the way we saw against barcelona this is a team who 
who were four one up at half time, uh, and even though it was four two, and they made it five two, this was a team that didn't stop. Uh, they they were hungry for more. They were pressing uh, like animals all over the pitch for the for the ninety minutes. Um, they they didn't want to stop because this is a Bayern team that know uh, that it's going to be tough. Uh, you know, if you don't score, if you don't have that cushion of like a goal or two between you and and your opponent, it it can get messy at times. And that was not a pun. Uh, it it can get uh, a little bit of a you know it can be challenging at times. So so I just feel like I just feel like uh, Bayern Munich will still have a little bit more for Lyon, although they have nothing to lose. Lyon coming into this game, again they can play their free free attacking style. I think I would be it would be interesting to see what Rudy Garcia does with his team if he goes because uh, he played the same team against Juventus and City uh, uh, in the in the round of 16 and the quarterfinals. So it'll be interesting to see what he does with his team. Uh, but yeah, I think. Um, It'll be it'll be a good fixture. I, or at least I'm hoping so. Certainly. So before we move on to the predictions, we have a few questions lined up for our guest today. Uh, Anand, do you think that there was a silver lining for Barcelona after that horrific defeat to Bayern Munich? Um, I mean, it's tough to find uh, silver linings, but now that I had uh, a couple of days to process it, I think. The one thing uh, Barcelona can take from the game, uh, I think it's it's a wake up call, but it's one that they needed. Um, so I think it could spark a change if they really want to see things improve. Uh, and I think that starts with the uh, presidential elections in 2021. Um, and like I like I mentioned before, it's it's been you know a huge waste of resources and a lot of financial mismanagement that has led them to this stage. Uh, and it's kind of put them straight back to where they were in 2013 when Bayern uh, whacked them 7-0 over two legs. And, you know, there was another season of, you know, restructuring and then, then a season after that they managed to win trophies. But again, that took a lot of change on the organizational level, which will be required again. Um, but yeah, I think that would be the only real silver lining to take and that would be Barca's way of getting back. Uh, and a starting point would be the summer because we've, uh, Barcelona has you know, uh, bought two or three youngsters who've, who've been good, uh, who put up good performances in other leagues across Europe. But again, there's a, there's a lot of uh, dead weight in the squad that needs to that needs to go. Um, and even I think PK after the match said, you know, if if um, there's a change required, I'll be one of the first people to step down uh, because what is good for Barca should be the intention. And for the last two three seasons, it seemed like that's not been the intention. But uh, if if uh, thrashing to Bayern in a UCL quarterfinal is what it took, then I think that that will be the silver lining. Um, also, the other question that we got was that um, we know that Bayern are getting reinforcements in the form of Leroy Sane, and I'm pretty sure they will want to add uh, to other areas as well. Dhruvan, do you feel that uh, this Bayern side can match the Madrid side that won the Champions League uh, three times in a row? Are they set for European domination now? I think this this potential Bayern front three that we are talking about with Lewandowski, Gnabry and Leroy Sané, it's, I feel it's one of the most lethal attacks that we would be seeing in the Champions League since the likes of BBC and the MSN. Because, and especially very much similar to the BBC, you have Sane in the form of a pace monster. Lewandowski is the goal-scoring machine. And Gnabry, who can find who can find those spaces and get inside and create havoc in the box. So, I feel if 
Bayern can deal with those slight defensive weaknesses which they have with uh, sorting out uh, with a cover for Davies and with uh, not just reinforcements in the attack but also in defense where you need uh, you need more support for or younger options for the likes of Boateng and Alaba who are quite slow in nature. So with that fixed, I feel Bayern are all set to dominate the European competition for a while because it's tough to find a solution to defend against that attack. Just on paper itself, it looks very scary to be honest. And as a Madrid fan, I feel I am very glad to have been eliminated much earlier than to have faced Bayern next. Yeah, I think uh, I think I can uh, second Ruan's point when I say that with City also, I think we dodged the bullet. Because uh, the way we played yesterday, even if we'd made it through, I think Bayern would have made short work of us that way. But uh, I just want to give a special mention to, I think, Rob Lewandowski, because I know we've been talking about him uh, all uh, during the season. We uh, we talked about how he got robbed of the Ballon d'Or and, uh, and how he would have deserved it coming into this year's uh, trophy or award ceremonies. Um, I still think he will win FIFA's best uh, because he deserves it more than anyone. Um, but I just feel like somewhere, um, in, uh, you know, now that City are out, I think somewhere I just feel like we, we all want Robert Lewandowski to reach uh, that Cristiano Ronaldo record. Uh, he is already on 14 goals uh, this season. And uh, I know, I know there'll, be, uh, there'll be people who wouldn't want that to happen. But uh, I, just, I just feel like he needs three more goals. And obviously, Vedant and Anand talked about the fact that it could, be, it could, get, you know, it could get ugly in the semi-final if, if Leon get it wrong. And uh, and I don't I don't I don't think that it'll take it'll take Lewandowski too long to to score two or three goals if, if Leon do uh, end up uh, messing things up. So so yeah, I think he still has a shot at it. I think if there were second legs, uh, he would have had much more time. He would have he would have had like more opportunities to 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 break that record. But but I think I I think he might get there. He might not. Uh, we'll only know once uh, you know the, the tournament ends. So. So just before we wrap up, uh, we'll have a round of predictions from our guests. Uh, Anand, why don't you go first with your predictions for the semi-final um, followed by the final? Uh, I think I think PSG will eventually prove to be too much for Leipzig, um, but I think Leipzig will put up a fight. So I, I'm going for a 3-2 win uh, for PSG. As for Bayern. Uh, I have a feeling Leon will cause some trouble, but I think Bayern will, will kind of blow them away in the end and win by like 4-1. I think if we do get a Bayern PSG final, I think it would be great. Um, but again, I feel I feel Bayern's attack would just be too much even for that uh, PSG defense, uh, especially because I've seen them and they've, you know, on the flanks, they're really weak and uh, Bayern's fullbacks are marauding. Uh, you know, they make really good runs and they put up really dangerous balls. So if it comes to Bayern PSG, I think, I think Bayern would take that as well, uh, probably by like, I'm going to really take a shot here. I think it'll be 3-1 if it comes down to that. Ruvan, what about you? I'm actually going to go for an all-German final for this season with, of course, Bayern are going to win. I think they will do it 5-2 against Lyon. And I am hoping that Leipzig will actually topple PSG with a high-scoring game of 4-3. And I feel even in the final, uh, yeah, there's no surprises. Bayern, of course, they should take it by four goals to one or something like that. 
Rahul, what about you? I know you're bitter after after that Man City loss, but yeah, I, what do you uh, have? I have never. I I was on my knees when <laughs> when Raheem Sterling missed, and uh, yeah, there were a few things that broke here and there. Uh, I would not elaborate on that, but uh, I would have actually loved to contradict Anand and Dhruvan by saying an all French final, but I, that's not going to happen. Um, I I can't look past Bayern Munich uh, in in this one, uh, like for the Champions League as a whole. I can't look past them. Um, P- as for PSG Leipzig, I think uh, again, I think PSG will be a little too much for Leipzig to handle, uh, given their confidence coming into this game. So so I'm going, but I will go for a two-one win to PSG. I think uh, it'll not be a goal fest as such, but. Yeah, and for Bayern, Leon, uh, it's it's just about Leon and and what they do because if it gets ugly, then then we could even see five, six, seven, or or if Leon can pull something out of the bag, I still think Bayern would get away with like a two-one or or like one nil. I don't know. I don't think uh, again because Leon are so defensive. I don't I don't think that it'll be a goal fest. As for the final, that in my opinion will be a goal fest uh, because uh, it's two teams who love to attack. It's two teams who. Who love using pace? Who love abusing pace? I would say, um, you know, and uh, and but I just think that overall, Bayern are a better team defensively. Also, um, they have you know quicker centre backs, more sharper uh, centre backs, and obviously we've talked about Alfonso Davies and Joshua Kimmich uh, being the being world class full backs who can who can manage. So so I think that yeah, I think uh, tough to look past Bayern. Um, it, it might be like a four two. I think the final uh, if if there are goals. Uh, or, or maybe a three-one, but but yeah, Bayern to win the whole thing, and uh, they deserve to win. Uh, they deserve the treble that they've had uh, this season. So, yeah, that's that's my opinion. Um, so that's a wrap. Um, I'd like to thank Anand and Dhruvan on behalf of the SCC for taking time out of this podcast, and we look forward to a great footballing weekend. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Cheers. 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 Thank you so much. See you, guys. Ball three nil. Call it, take it quickly. Origi. Yeah! Unbelievable! Yeah! Oh, oh, oh. oh. The sliding is in. Lucas Moura with the hat trick goal. Spurs are going to the Champions League final for the first time in their history. I do not believe it.